You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided, for Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, and you can find all of the Locked On Packers podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. A tough day for the Packers on Monday at practice because two and and almost it looked for a time three significant injuries to the Packers defense. It had been so promising. And this new Mike Patton front had been doing all sorts of of different things relative to Dom Capers and they had been multiple and they had been disguising and they had been flying around making plays and they continued to do that. I mean Aaron Rodgers has thrown like a dozen interceptions in the first few days of practice. Nothing to be alarmed about. Rodgers likes to to mess around. He likes to try things. He likes to force things in practice. Nothing to worry about. But Kentrell Bryce went down first, and Jake Ryan went down second. Each had to be carted off the field. Not the kind of thing that you want to be dealing with on training camp practice number four. Now, if you're going to take injuries, and every team is going to take injuries, then players where you have backup plans, legitimate, quality, talented, young talent to come in and play, that's where those injuries are best sustained. If you're Green Bay, I mean, that's the good news here, and we'll get to that. But this is certainly suboptimal. I mean, there's just no question it has to be considered a significant concern for the Packers to lose two starters for the moment. We don't know the severity of those injuries yet. By the time you listen to this, unfortunately, that, that's just the nature of, of even a daily show is we don't have the most up-to-date information by the time you're listening to this. I'm giving you the most up-to-date information we have as we know it. Jake Ryan talked to Blake Martinez. Blake Martinez was pretty upset. It sounds like this is going to be a season ender for Jake Ryan. Knee, possible, you know, your mind goes to a bad place with ACL, with Achilles, with, God forbid, patella tendon. It seems like it's a significant injury. We don't know yet with Bryce. Because, for example, a break, let's say he broke his foot or even his leg, depending on the severity. That could be an eight-week thing. Maybe he's back by midseason. I don't want to speculate on the Bryce injury because we don't know how serious it is. We're, we are, we can say with confidence the Jake Ryan injury is serious. And let's start there. I made the case in a piece for Acme Packing Company a couple weeks ago that given the way the Packers wanted to play and given the way that offenses are built these days, it made more sense for Oren Burks to start than Jake Ryan. And that was specifically because of the matchups that they could have given the way that they wanted to play. And and that is that goes even more now 
given some of the looks that we've seen in their nickel formation. So in this Mike Patton nickel that we've seen early on, it is three down linemen, Muhammad Wilkerson playing on the edge, which I love. Mike Daniels and and Kenny Clark on the interior and an edge rusher. So far, it's been Kyler Fackrell and Vince Beagle, but once the, once the lights come on, it'll be Nick Perry or Clay Matthews. And then they've been playing with two inside linebackers. And instead of what you normally do and take an inside linebacker off the field to put a corner on, they've taken the outside backer off the field, kept the inside backer, and played with the extra corner. So it's essentially a 4-2 look. With, with five in the secondary, two safeties, three corners. And if that's going to be your de facto base defense that you're going to play most of the time, and this is what most teams do now, this is what Dom Capers did, most teams are in nickel 50-plus percent of the time. If this is going to be your base defense, and that's fine if it is, then the guy next to Blake Martinez has to be able to cover, and Jake Ryan can't. And so the answer has to be someone like Oren Burks, who they drafted specifically for his coverage ability. And here's the problem for the Packers now. Outside of Blake Martinez, every other inside linebacker on this roster, true inside linebacker, is a rookie. And everyone except Oren Burks is an undrafted free agent. Greer Martini was looking like a, a special teams player. Ahmad Thomas was my sleeper. I also really like Marcus Porter. I think he could do some things with his athleticism in the preseason that could earn him a spot on this team. Green Bay is probably going to need one of those guys to make the team unless they go out and sign someone. Now, there's also this wrinkle of using Quentin Rollins. Maybe if Rollins can play as an overhang defender, that in-the-box player who's going to play a little bit of here and a little bit there, Maybe that allows them to not have to keep one of these other guys. But now with Jake Ryan being seriously injured, does that increase the urgency to add another player? There aren't a lot of free agent options. Brian Cushing is out there. Navarro Bowman is out there. Carlos Dansby are out there. And these are name brand players. But Cushing can't cover anymore and never really could. Former teammate of Clay Matthews at USC. Navarro Bowman in his prime was one of the best linebackers in football, but injuries have robbed him of his his former ability. He is a shadow of his former self. And Carlos Dansby, at this point in his career, 36 years old, you know, if this is 32-year-old Carlos Dansby, it's someone worth going to get. At 36, what does he really have left in the tank? We don't know. And so Green Bay is going to have to try and retrofit this defense. Now, now the, the good news is... From my standpoint, if there's a silver lining to all of this, is that it accelerates Oren Burks being on the field. He has to go play now. And he's a guy that they they probably would have wanted, or at least that's the guy that I would have wanted to have been playing all along. A guy that certainly by midseason I would have preferred to get a lot of snaps on the inside. And so now you just have to go seek or swim with this guy. He has to go prove it. The thing about having to put a rookie in that spot is he's now playing next to a borderline Pro Bowl player in Blake Martinez and playing behind Pro Bowl players in their front. Wilkerson, Clark, Daniels. 
You add in Nick Perry and Clay Matthews, who are outstanding run defenders. Dean Lowry is a quality rotational defensive lineman. Montrevious Adams has been a standout early in training camp. He's remade his body and has really played well. They don't need a player like Burks to come in and be a run-stuffing maven. They need him to use his athleticism, to play in coverage, to not get fooled, and in a lot of cases, it's just going to be, you've got that guy. Running back out of the backfield, that's your dude. Tight end lined up on the line of scrimmage or split out, that's your guy. Go cover him. And those are the things that he can do. That's where his talent lies. And so when you look at where Green Bay could afford a significant injury, because again, these are going to happen. And this is not to downplay the quality of Jake Ryan as a player, an excellent run-stuffing linebacker last year, one of the most efficient and effective run-stuffing linebackers in football. And a quality player, a quality young man. But if you're going to lose someone in the modern NFL, it is a run-first defense inside linebacker when the replacement is a potential pass-first defense inside linebacker. I have a new sponsor to tell you about on the podcast. Let me tell you about Vivid Seats. The Hall of Fame game between the Bears and the Ravens is already this week, and that means the start of the NFL regular season is just around the corner. This season, don't sit around watching the Packers from home when you can be at Lambeau Field in the crowd cheering in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Packers listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code Locked On. One word, that's Locked On. New customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August. That means you've got a full month to take advantage of this special offer. Preseason and regular season tickets are available now. The Packers kick off their home schedule in just a few weeks against the Chicago Bears, and you can be there for all the excitement. Feel the rivalry in person. Go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code Locked On for 10% off your first order. The offseason is over. The NFL is back, and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. It's hard not to view the Kentrell Bryce injury as related to the Jake Ryan injury. And that's true for a number of reasons. Number one, we talked about it yesterday on the show. I said, don't worry about Josh Jones not getting first team reps. Don't worry about it. These things can change. And remember, he was behind Bryce last year before Bryce got hurt. These things, Bob McGinn was always... Uh, one who would say, I don't worry about too many players at a position making a team. If a team is deep at a position, injuries will happen and it will sort everything out. And that that has generally proven true for the Packers and most teams. It is very rare where you're like, wow, we have so many good players at position X that I don't know if they're all going to make the team. That just It just generally doesn't happen. There's too many injuries in the game. And that's just how this works. Now, Josh Jones will now, at least in the short term, again, we don't know the severity of the Bryce injury at this point, but in the short term, Josh Jones is going to take over there at safety. And we discussed the lack of playing time for Jones at linebacker. And maybe we heard in the offseason that Jones was going to play more near the line of scrimmage, was going to be moved around, and maybe that's still true. Maybe there's stuff going on in practice behind closed doors we don't see. 
You remember a couple years ago, the Packers were going to unveil that glorious 4-3 under Dom Capers, and then they did, and it was a trash fire, and they swiftly went back to their old scheme. I don't see that that is the kind of thing happening here. I think they were giving Bryce a legitimate chance to go win that job. They clearly saw something and see something in Bryce as a player. I don't know that that I see the same thing. I think there's some flashes. I think he is the ideal backup safety in that he's an athletic player who's going to be an outstanding special teams player. But if he's the kind of guy that's in your starting lineup week to week, he can be exposed because he doesn't diagnose particularly well. He lacks great instincts, and he's not the most reliable tackler. But there are options. And I like Josh Jones, and I'm fine with just rolling with Josh Jones, and I like the backups. I, I really like Marwin Evans. I have for a long time. Jermaine Whitehead gave Green Bay some good snaps last year at times, played some nickel corner. I don't know that that's where you want him long term, but but that's a spot that he's played at the very least. They have better depth at safety. They have guys that have played the position before, that have been in the league, that have gone through the process of the offseason and playing in the preseason and trying to get better. But there's also better options available on the market. They can go get Eric Reed. They can go sign Kenny Vaccaro. And those guys can come in and at the very least be quality backup players. They're both starting caliber players. So to come in and, and look, before the injuries happen, I was the one advocating to sign those guys. Hell, at this point, sign them both. Do you want Quentin Rollins playing important snaps on your defense when you could have Kenny Vaccaro or Eric Reed? I don't. And that that is no shot at Rollins as a, as a guy. He's done everything they've asked of him. I don't have any personal problem with Quentin Rollins. I know that that I, I have been critical of him in the past. It, look, it just is what it is. He just hasn't shown anything to tell me that he is an NFL defensive back, at least not since early in his rookie year. Eric Reed and Kenny Vaccaro have. I'm ready to see what they have left because it's not like they're old players. They're still young players. They're younger than Morgan Burnett, who the Packers just let walk, who just signed a, a lucrative contract in Pittsburgh. I'd rather have Reed or Vaccaro. And so if this is the impetus for getting one of those guys, I don't, I don't, frankly, it's a trade-off you make. I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm being a little bit callous with these two players, with Ryan and, and Bryce, but frankly, I think it's going to force the Packers to play the guys that I wanted to be playing anyway. And I understand McCarthy is loyal to his veterans and wants the young players to have to go earn it. I get that. I respect that. That's fine. But the most talented player is now playing. Oren Burks is more physically gifted, more talented than Jake Ryan. Josh Jones, more talented, more gifted than Kentrell Bryce. But Josh Jones got in there today and struggled. Struggled in coverage. Now, he played plenty last year. Coverage is not necessarily going to be his strong point. You know what his strong point is? Playing in the box. So how about we how about we kill two birds with one stone here? Sign Vaccaro or Reed. And let Jones be a permanent box defender, an overhang defender, a line backer. This is not a new hill for me to die on here. Longtime listeners of the show know I've been saying this for months. I wrote in the middle of the season, I wrote this piece, what if the Packers moved to a 4-3? 
and a specific kind of 4-3. And without getting into the weeds about it, one of the, the suggestions I made was let Josh Jones play weak side linebacker, the KJ Wright position in Seattle. Given everything I said about Oren Burks and the position he would be in to succeed right away given the infrastructure, the players around him, and the way that they can insulate him against mistakes. Why not let Josh Jones be a box rover, overhang defender, whatever you want to call it, star, nitro, whatever. I don't care. Put him in the box and let him loose. It's where he was at his best last year. Now, again, I want to give Mike Pettin the benefit of the doubt on this because I think he's a really smart coach and I think he wants to get the most out of his players. I think he wants to put them in a position to succeed. I think that matters to him. And that seems like an obvious, every coach wants to do that, right? No, some coaches, plenty of coaches, too many coaches want their players to fit what they want to do rather than adapting what they do to their players. And this is an opportunity now to adapt to what you have. Josh Jones is better as a box safety. And let me say this, and this may come as a surprise to a lot of fans who have been really down on HaHa Clinton Dix. He has been outstanding in training camp. Around the ball, had two more picks on Monday. He has three so far in training camp. In four days, has three picks. He's flying around. He's near the ball. He's making plays. Now, two have been off tips, but you still have to be in position to make those plays. Before we go, let me just throw out one last little tidbit. Some of HaHa Clinton Dix's best football has been with him near the line of scrimmage, able to come downhill and make tackles. He can play too deep, and he can he can make plays in the back end, but he can play in the box. What if the Packers went out and got a safety who is capable of playing single high, capable of playing too deep, capable of making plays in the back end, of moving all over the place, and was capable of playing at a Pro Bowl level, assuming he's healthy? Earl Thomas doesn't seem like he wants to play in Seattle anymore. And Green Bay has an extra first round pick. I'm not even sure it would take the extra first to get Thomas, given the contractual standstill that the two sides appear to be in at this point. You certainly would give up a second if they want two thirds. Sure. The window is small for the Green Bay Packers. It is Aaron Rodgers sized. Now, maybe that's three years, maybe that's six years, maybe it's eight years, ten years. They have the extra pick. They have the space to go get someone like Thomas. They have a relationship with the GM in Seattle. I'm just saying. I, I know it's crazy. Apparently, he wants to go play in Dallas. He's, he's made some intimations that he'd be willing to go play in Oakland. He wants out in Seattle. Malcontent players rarely get full market value. They rarely get face value. Can the Packers pluck a distressed asset from an NFC rival? I doubt it, but it's worth thinking about. It's worth talking about. We'll see. I'm going to get texts. I just know I'm going to get texts. I'm going to get tweets. And and look, I welcome it. The Earl Thomas, I, I spent one and a half minutes 
talking about Earl Thomas, and that will be all anyone will text me about tomorrow. That will be all anyone will tweet me about tomorrow or today or whenever you listen to this. I'm sure of it, and that's fine. Uh, look, this is this is the job. I'm not saying it just to, just to rile anyone up either. I think that is legitimately something that that the Packers should consider, and I think they will, at the very least, look at it. They'll, t- they'll there will be a discussion at 12:65 about Earl Thomas, and and there will be a discussion about Eric Reed and Kenny Vaccaro too. Brian Gutekunst was true to his word when he said he wants to be in and be ready on every free agent out there, and they need some help. At safety in particular, especially if they want to move Josh Jones. You only move Josh Jones to play more in the box if you have someone else who can play safety deep. Because clearly Green Bay wants to play a lot of two deep. They want to protect those corners. And and speaking of corners, by the way, Jair Alexander undercut a throw underneath on a crosser to, from Roger Sakab for an interception. He is turning heads in this training camp so far earned his way onto the field, he is going to be a very fun player to watch once we get into the preseason. He's going to make some plays. And he's going to be a guy who helps this team this year with this passing defense. It's hard not to be excited about what we've seen from this defense so far. The injuries are a bummer. There's no question. It hurts the depth. It hurts the experience of this team because that is... At the very least, in the case of Jake Ryan, a guy who has played a lot of football for the Packers over the last three years. And that guy's gone now. Kentrell Bryce was a player that Mike McCarthy had just on Monday singled out as someone who had taken steps forward and and had looked better and was ready to play, had physical traits and tools that could make this team better, and he's now out. We don't know for how long. We'll have more more of those updates later in the week as we get them. Also, we're going to have another rookie orientation, Equinemia St. Brown with Ty Hildebrand, co-host of the Solid Verbal Podcast, college football podcast, Notre Dame fan. We also are going to talk about Deshaun Kaiser. And and look, we have to talk about Greer Martini because he's going to make this team, it looks like. All that coming up. If you want to talk Earl Thomas, you want to talk about anything we talked about on this podcast, hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Tweet at the podcast. Was already getting tweets yesterday at Locked On Packers about options, going to get Eric Reed or Kenny Vaccaro, someone like that. Feel free to hit me up there right on our Facebook page. Leave a review on iTunes. I'd appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who reached out and, and congratulated me on the on the the ranking on the lock on the Locked On Podcast Network. I appreciate that, but again, don't thank me. Thank you and thank your fellow listeners because you guys are the reason that this show works. We're going to be back tomorrow. A lot more training camp to come this week. Another two days, and next week we're going to have football. So as you found out, a lot can happen. You have to always keep your radars up, and the best way to do that is is to keep it locked on this podcast feed. I almost said it. Keep it locked on my Twitter feed. Subscribe to the podcast so that you can stay locked on Packers.